nurses and hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. Would you like to be hypnotized today? Cool. Let's begin, shall we? Now just relax. Settle back in your chair. Take a deep breath. Relax your arms. Relax your legs. Relax your nerves. Relax all over. Do you know who's hypnotizing you? In today's episode, we kick off our 2021 Halloween series here at Nurses and Hypochondriacs. And today's guest is stage hypnotist Michael Grady. He joins us to talk about his YouTube video that went viral and landed him on the Alex Jones show after he exposed the Los Angeles Unified School District and its recent videos. Basically, LAUSD hired an infomercial giant to use hypnotic techniques on parents and students in order for them to follow this new tracking app that they have and the kids have to do and fill out information on whether they're sick or not before they go to school. They also did this other weird thing, how they opened up the school year with a funeral. Very creepy. I didn't get it. Okay. So we're going to talk about that and so much more. I learned so much from Michael and um, we're going to tell you about some of my very interesting results, which I think are going to be making huge changes here on, on Rogue Nurse Media and Nurses and Hypochondriacs. We're ready to boom and burst and grow. So I hope you guys continue to follow us along and give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. I mean, that helps us so much more and uh, just makes you a part of our family. And thank you to New Zealand for making us number 30 on the healthcare and medical charts on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much and keep listening. And like I said before, on another episode, any of you New Zealanders out there, uh, go ahead and give us uh, an email. It's at nursesandhypochondriacs at gmail.com. The link is at the end of the show notes. If you'd like to come on the podcast and talk about what's going on in New Zealand and the lockdowns that are still continuing out there. Okay, and here we go for our first Halloween episode of the season. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Nurses in Hypochondriacs, Michael Grady. Hi, thanks for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being on. I'm excited to have you on. So tell us about yourself. You're a hypnotist. You used to be a show hypnotist, correct? Right. Like stage yep. hypnotist. Stage hypnotist. Yep. The, the comedy shows at the schools and the colleges, fairs, campgrounds, corporate events, you know, the whole deal. Um, <clears throat> which I think, you know, on the topic of hypnosis, there's a lot of people who practice the therapy, right? Um, but you really have to pull it off on stage, you know, <laughs> that's hard. That's right. You have to be, um, because like I said, I was watching a few of your videos on YouTube 
And, yeah. and I saw the, the one, the stage ones too. And I'm like, that's really hard because you're, you're hypnotizing not only one person, like in therapy where it's just relaxed, pretty controlled. Right. Yeah. You're doing like sometimes 10. Huh? What's the biggest group you've ever hypnotized? Uh, biggest group, probably like 40 people. Wow. Yeah. We've had some pretty big school groups, but yeah, fill the stage with chairs and a line and have everybody take a seat, go through the motions and see who sticks, right? Oh my gosh. So how did you get into being a stage hypnotist? Um, well, I think like a lot of us that get in the field of uh, some kind of therapy or therapeutic method, we usually have some kind of issue that we're dealing with that we want to solve. You know, and so I didn't just start hypnotizing people straight off the bat like that. I, um, <clears throat> my dad was really abusive, right? Great guy, love him, awesome guy. You know, you can hang out with him, you'd have a great time, you'd love him too. Um, but just brought up in a time where, you know, your kid you know, acts up, you smack them around. So they learn the lesson, you know, and uh, that can be really hard for some of us, right? And so I, I had a pretty bad, I was really shy. Um, I wasn't really myself and I just had emotional issues, you know, and I figured out, I, I figured I gotta like learn how to deal with this somehow. And I found a book on self-hypnosis and I took it wherever I went, you know, I learned it and practiced it a lot. And after a while, when I was still in my teenage years, I went up to my dad and I didn't talk to him for years, you know, once I finally was able to have my own independence, but I eventually went back up to him like, dad, I forgive you. Everything's cool. You know, and we were able to be okay again. Right. Which is like really powerful. Super um, powerful. It really is. And so being able to actually make results and make it work, it was then easy for friends to like, Hey, hypnotize us, you know, people who are interested. Okay, sure. So, um, I practiced with friends. I did what I did to myself to them and eventually took courses on it, learned as much as I could and pretty much learned everything about the industry. You know, that is awesome. So then the stage hypnosis, did you just start doing that on your own and promoting yourself or were you with a group of people? Yeah, it was just, it was just me. It was, it was my dream. I think, you know, it's like, how do you find purpose in life? And I think one of the big ways is you solve you solve a problem you have and then you help other people with it. You know, I and love so, that. Um, I realized that not everybody has good control over their minds or really know what it even is. You know, so how can I get this out so more people can see? Well, I could do the, all the crazy demonstrations. You know, I can make them forget their name and uh, they they think they're Madonna and they're singing up on stage, you know, they're hearing their favorite song coming out of someone else's shoe, you know, all, all kinds of wacky stuff, you know, you can eat an onion and it tastes like an apple. Like what for real? Like that's possible. Yeah. If that's possible, you know, what else could be possible? So I kind of went from that end of like wanting to, to uh, ex explore that and have other people see it. And so I did a show with some bands at a coffee shop one day, uh, one night we had an event, we packed the whole place and I had a friend tape it, put up, put the video up on MySpace, 
And then uh, my brother's guidance counselor saw that show because I actually got it to work. And so he's like, why don't you do a fundraiser to help raise money for our trip to Spain? I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll let's do a fundraiser. Okay, cool. So I did my first uh, show in my hometown. Um Blew my family away. Finally got their support <laughs> doing this weird stuff. Now they could see it actually is a real thing. And pretty much you know, it just took off from there. You know, that is so cool. Yeah. And you're doing YouTube videos now and promoting yeah, just recently. Actually. Yeah. And you're doing so well. I mean, like I, I was just telling Michael right before we started how his YouTube videos helped me uh, with my business and, and just that shift that I made. And it was just, you know, and it was just a mindset thing. Like I had to kind of take myself out of myself. Like I had to take myself out of my ego and kind of look at the situation and what is it that I really want. And I had to shift it. And as soon as I did that, things started happening, you know, uh, and keeping that positive mindset. I mean, it is hard to do but you have it's to the hardest thing in the world yeah <laughs> I, I mean you you have to be really really conscious when you're doing that and and, it, and it's almost like magic it's it's so amazing it really is yeah yeah it, but it's, it's funny because it feels like magic but it's really yeah. science yeah it's you know? really, i think really i think science, spirituality right? is just science not yet explained or that hasn't been understood yet you know it's very true it's, yeah it's quantum physics and stuff yeah it's, it's right so i cool. i think working with this stuff for so long and growing up with learning hypnosis to myself and then actually being trained by uh, people who have defected from secret societies and know this stuff at a high level and combining those trainings i have the ability to explain it in a really easy way because it it is natural and normal and just like hypnosis is you know you drive down the road from your work and you you get home and you realize, wow, I don't even remember driving that much. I was just in a daze. Exactly. Yeah, or you're driving. Is that real? It just right. happens. Or, yeah. Or you're driving to work and you're not supposed to be going to work. You know, you're like driving. You're like, why am I driving towards work? <laughs> exactly. <know>? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just like that's a natural, normal thing that happens every day that, you know, gets demystified when you hear an example like that. Uh, the whole magical law of attraction lifestyle, um, you know, is is a real thing that's easy to learn, I think. You yeah. know, it's just, it's just we've been in a world where it hasn't been normalized. So that's the biggest challenge, right? Because everybody wants you to be a soldier, you know, and conform and do the yeah. same thing. And, and, you know, do what society tells you, be Aussie and Harriet. <clears throat> yeah. It's hard yeah. to have a big company of everyone following directions and doing their work every day for years on end when they actually know what the power they have is. Exactly. <laughs> so tell me, I watched your YouTube video on the Los Angeles school district on LAUSD. Mm. Yeah, that's a good how one. Did huh? you, I mean, how did you get to making that video? I mean, it was genius. It also got you some other uh, shows. Yeah, some big opportunities. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it came from that. But it was um, eye-opening. You were, you're like the wizard in The Wizard of Oz, and you just... 
<laughs> well, I'm trying to be like Toto, really, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Toto is like the most neutral character in that whole Wizard of Oz. Exactly. Yeah. He just can be himself. He's like, I don't have to be anybody. He's the more he's the most self-realized one. Let's say <laughs> why we love our dogs and our pets so much. Right. Because they're right. just they're just real. They're just real. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't putting out content for the longest time because people didn't really care that much about power of the mind unless someone has like a real bad issue that they need to get through. Right. Or they want to see their friends, you know, do something silly on stage. Not many people really cared, you know. And so I just stopped talking about it. I'm like, I'm going to focus on my music and do my music YouTube channel, which is actually doing better. But this is way more important, honestly. And once I, I got, you know, I'm part of some of these groups where we're sharing information, you know, and someone shared that the link to that cartoon video, which for anybody who has not seen this, it's it's a cartoon video that basically tells parents and kids about the daily pass tracking app for the kids to basically sign up to daily questioning um, and testing and their medical procedures and that whole deal in the school for this year. And um, it's only a two minute video, but when I watched it, I was like, wow, there's so many hypnotic elements in this video that it's just highly disturbing. And we see this in advertising a lot anyways, you know, but this was like next level. Okay. That I just like, it took me 20 minutes just to explain most of the things happening that happened in that two minute video. Right. Right. You were and really so, detailed. Yes. And it wasn't even everything. Okay. I just tried to point out the important parts. And so I ended up finding out, you know, here's the, uh, uh, <clears throat> I'm spacing on the term. <laughs> That's okay. See, you can rule your life and forget about all this stuff too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I ended up finding out that the school district hired a infomercial giant behind the George Foreman Grill, the Juice Man Juicer, Nordic Track, Tony Robbins all these huge products he made this animation video wow right and i find out he has this marketing program called mind capture and <gasps> he knows all the nlp techniques and wow i mean nlp and uh, hypnosis and, and sales they really go hand in hand you know oh, yeah. if i can make somebody hallucinate i can definitely make them buy a dvd in the back of the room <laughs> right so um yeah, I, I just really broke that down. And and um, it was something that just took me out of my own self to actually start sharing this stuff. You know, I'm like, okay, I see a need finally where I can, because no one else is sharing this, right? I saw that Del Bigtree had this on his show once, mm -hmm. right? But there wasn't a breakdown of it, right? Where people could really understand it. And it's great because a lot of parents and teachers got to see that and go, oh my goodness. Right. Yeah, I mean, I saw it and in, in like I told you right before the show, I, you know, I see kids in my office. That's all right. I see. Those are those are my patients. And like, really, let's just scare them even more. You know, it, it's not enough that 
majority of them are have anxiety now are depressed, don't understand what's going on, don't know if they have a future, you know, don't want to go on, you know, the suicide rates are up. We have low vitamin D levels. Every single kid that I test has low vitamin D levels. They're not going outside because they were told to stay inside. Okay. And and, um, which is interesting to me and how people think, I mean, my father was a child in world war two. He was like five years old. And he, he did say you had to stay inside because there were bombs going off, you know, and right. it wasn't really safe to yeah. go outside because you never know what could happen. But he had to, as a child, to go get food, you know, because my grandfather was away at war and then my grandfather was a prisoner of war. So um, my whole thing is you look outside and it's beautiful out there. It sure is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There are no dead bodies. You know, you can't get COVID from the air. Yeah, I haven't seen anybody fainting outside. Right. So so that really (laughs) broke my heart. And then the parents would just go, oh, well, they told us to stay inside, you know? And I was like, but, you know, common sense and critical thinking, you can go outside, you know, in the sunlight, you you know, uh, because the virus doesn't live in the air. (laughs) 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 You know? So, um, so yeah. it was really sad. And then to see these videos uh, that the school district is putting out to scare children even more. And then they're to top it all them. off, they're training them. Oh, of course, they're training them to be afraid of everything, yeah. you know. Um, like one and, big example on the app, they're having the kid answer the question every single day or the many questions. Are you sick? Are you fatigued? Do you have a sniffle? Right. Are, do you have a, are you sore? Did you, you know, are you tired? All these questions, negative questions. So every day, you know, if any anybody who's looked into affirmations and, you know, trying to get themselves on track mentally, um, if you're asking yourself, am I sick? Am I sick? Am I sick? Am I sick? You're going to become you're a genius at finding sick. something. Exactly. Hence, they're training them to become hypochondriacs, literally, on a daily basis. Right. And, and I see it. I see it. Uh, and then you see it. I see it yeah. yeah, with the parents and stuff and, and also the children. I did have one kid. I think she was around 12. She came in several months ago and she was, she just thought everything was wrong with her. You know, like you said, wow. everything on that list, she thought she had, um, she was in anatomy class and she anatomy and physiology class. I think she was taking her health class, something like that. And she thought she was coming down with everything she would read you know? And, um, so, you know, so suggestible. Yeah. Very. Their minds are being formed and it's everybody who's in, in the school system at the top, they know what's going on. They know what's happening. Oh yeah. And how about that other video that you made with the funeral? Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Isn't that fun? The opening was the worst. I was like, what? The opening school day they literally started the ceremony like a funeral with the dark lighting, the funeral wreath, moment of silence for all the people who passed from the, the thing. Which and, they didn't name. You don't even know if those people actually right. passed from COVID or other causes or, you exactly. know, yeah. and, then, and then why started off with such a sad note? I mean, you could have had a celebration of life and made it happy, you exactly. know, and said, Hey, you know what? People did pass. 
but you know, and and we just got to keep going on for them. You know, we just got to be happy, you know, and be cool. And they, you know, gave us great contributions and we got to look at that. They can't do it. Like, no, they could, they couldn't do it that way. No, they had to, they had to, why did they have to do it depressed and talk about death? Yeah. They had to anchor in the feeling of death to this wreath at the beginning of the ceremony and then put the wreath behind the podium so you could see it the whole time for the hour presentation. Have it loom in the background and be scared of what's going to happen if you don't follow along and listen to those people who, um, you know, the superintendents, um, you ever do research on them. It's really, really Oh, they're crazy. so creepy. Oh, yeah. I, I, years ago, um, there was one guy who uh, he was the 14th district council member here in Los Angeles and 14th district. I grew up in the 14th district. That's like Eagle Rock, Highland Park, um, okay. Lincoln Heights, all at Boyle Heights, all, at, all that yeah. area. Yeah. And um, th- there was this council member and I was like, uh, uh, how did he become a council member? Because he just yeah, was really so cool. drama. He had cheated on his wife a couple of times, you know, said it was consensual. His wife ended up still being married to him and she was an attorney. He tried, he, he ran for a second term one. Okay. Then uh, he couldn't run anymore. And so he was going to get his wife to run. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was going to run against her. I was like, if she runs, I am so there, That's so cool. you know, and I had put on my Facebook, Hey, I, you know, I want to run. And immediately one of my friends instant messaged me. And she's like, if you're serious, I have a, a campaign person for you that knows and, and doesn't want this woman to be there mm-hmm. because this is a dynasty of shadiness, oh, you know, yeah. well, as, as soon as she ran, cause they were all mono mono with the all the building people going up down uh, in downtown and they were, there was money exchange and then the feds broke into their home, you know, and raided them. And uh, yeah, so she didn't run anymore. So then I was like, yeah, there's no reason for me to run. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's someone else that they're going to choose. There's someone else that they're going to choose, you know, Austin Butner, the LA superintendent who used to be a banker for Blackstone financial, which is a billion dollar banking company investment company and he also used to be the ceo of the la times and he got fired for siphoning money to obama's obama's aid at the time it was like 2015 16 something like that and he got fired because they brought her on as a marketing advisor and paid her millions of dollars because he wanted to run for governor oh that's it now he's running the uh LA school system, which has a $13 billion budget this year. How fantastic. Wow. A $13 billion budget. Yeah. I I looked at the budget. I didn't make a video about that. You know, I was doing my research. I didn't throw that in, but um, well, it's on this video now. Yeah. 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 And and I saw they planned on hiring groups of psychiatrists to be in the schools. And of course we know from the book, um, psychiatry, the ultimate betrayal. There's basically, they're just, um, I don't know how much I can say on this. No, you can be but, as open as you want on the show. Go I ahead. Mean, are they making up uh, conditions so they can prescribe medications? You know, are, are, are medical companies publicly traded 
corporations that are legally obligated to create profits above everything else? I don't know. Maybe. Well, I can uh, go ahead and, and give you, uh, I don't want to call it a rebuttal, but I'll, I'll second that motion because this is what's going on. So Lots of kids are diagnosed with ADHD. Okay. So I think that the psychiatrists are coming in to do those diagnoses. So I'm not exactly clear on how it works, which um, after watching your LAUSD thing, I'm going to go ahead and do some more research on what exactly is going on because it changes all the time. So a kid, there's usually like a committee that evaluates this child, whether they're autistic or having ADHD. Mm. It's no longer really that the healthcare provider is doing it. They kind of are. But a lot of the times when I'm like, oh, let me refer your child to a psychologist. And they're like, oh, they're already seeing one at school. Well, that's kind of hard for me to kind of manage because I don't get that information. You know, I don't know what's actually going on. Although mm -hmm. if I go ahead and refer this kid to a psychologist, well, then I can go ahead and call that psychologist and get that information. A lot of the times I can with the school, but it's probably going to be crazy, you know, and out of control. Even if I tell the parents, hey, can you bring me some information? They can't even get it, which is very, very interesting. So, yeah. so you why got Tony Thurman as the California superintendent which used to practice the law or probably still does as a lawyer, the law of emancipation. Oh, if you, wow. if you know what he knows what that term is, I sure didn't know what that means. It's basically the practice of taking away your rights, parental rights, yeah. parental rights for your kids and giving it to the schools instead. This is the school. Uh, this is the California school superintendent. Okay. He wants to take away parents' rights to make decisions for their kids. And guess what? Uh, they're doing a great job at that. Right. Uh, so far. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and none of these people have uh, a background uh, with children. Exactly. Yeah. All their backgrounds are in business, you know, yeah. uh, or politics. Health directors, which is like. Oh, yeah. That health director a, lady. She's not even she's never even touched a person. I don't think the one that looks like death. Yeah. She, she doesn't look paid, like she did. Yeah. She gets paid half a million dollars a year. Oh, yeah. I, I could I just was like and, and she looks like she's gonna die. she looks like a vampire it's like what she looks like she's a corpse <laughs> she's the crypt keeper yeah she's the crypt keeper I mean okay so they're bringing in these billions into in, the LAUSD okay great mm -hmm. but are they gonna hire more nurses probably not no they're hiring more know. psychiatrists um they're they're notorious for getting rid of all the nurses like, really? uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. They'll have like maybe one nurse per district and then that nurse per has district. to go around. Yeah. I don't know how it is now, but I, I know from a few years ago, I was in the Compton schools with uh, um, I was teaching. So I would take my students in the Compton schools because we didn't have a hospital to go to so they could do their clinicals. So we were in the school district. So we yeah. went to several schools and um, all they do is check their heights and their weights for these kids. Right. But they okay. do nothing else with nutrition and health education. At least the nurse didn't. And it was one nurse for the whole district and she had to go around. So we were actually wow. really good help for her, you know, but then I was pointing out things like I had a 200 pound five-year-old and I was like, you know, I had my student do a care plan on this, this, um, 
this student, mm-hmm. <laughs> this five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I asked the nurse, I was like, what's going on here? Have you told the parents? So she does not send notes for obesity on the kids uh, anymore because she said that they would get upset and she would get threatened. And the I school go- school board would? Um, the teachers, I mean, the, the parents, the parents would threaten her, you know, and the parents would get upset every time she would say their kids were obese, you know, I go, Mm -hmm. but in this, this poor kid can't even walk, you know, it's like what I'm like, what's going on with her. She needs to go see uh, a pediatric endocrinologist, you know, maybe something else is going on, uh, and stuff. But um, yeah, so they usually are notorious for getting rid of the nurses. Um, nurses are great. They're, they're critical thinkers, you know, like, look at me. Yeah, I, I remember when I was this. in school, you get sick, you go to the nurse, you know, and you, you <laughs> lay down, they, they give you the proper treatment or tell you what to do. Or, I mean, I think that's really essential to have a nurse at every school. Right, right. But they don't. So yeah. um, and I have to look and do a little bit more research on that because I do know um, personally some school nurses in LAUSD. So I'll see what's going on now if there is one nurse per school or if it's just a district. Actually, I know a vice principal at one of the schools who I used to go to high school with. So I'll have to reach out to him to get mm. more information on this because it's, it's really interesting you know, uh, how this is all coming about and, and how parents really have to get on board with this and change it because they can change it. They you can. Know, yeah. in mass. Oh, yeah. Because these are just one and two and three people, right. That are making all these decisions for your children, but there are masses that can overtake this Absolutely. and, and yeah. especially, and the nurses as well. I mean, because this is what we do, you know, yeah. It's like, I'm going to write him a letter because I'm going to say, this is what I see you know, in my clinic. And you're just making it worse, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, but there's it, too much money involved. Exactly. Exactly. And then also when these psychiatrists make these diagnoses and they put them on meds. Okay. And uh, who makes more money? The pharmaceutical companies, of course. Okay. And I used to work for a pharmaceutical company. I worked for AstraZeneca as a nurse consultant. And let me tell you, I learned, uh, I was excited to work for them. You know, I got a free gas card. I got a free car to Mm. use. Um, You know, I had a pretty flexible schedule. I got sent to interesting conferences, uh, you know, so I got to stay at nice hotels, eat good food. And I was living this pharmaceutical life. You know, I remember when I was in clinic and seeing 60 patients a day, the pharmaceutical people, the reps would come and give us free shit all the time. And I'd be Mm -hmm. like, I want to be like them. They don't have to see 60 patients a day and, and, you know, it it gets so worn out, but they get to dress all nice (laughs) in their free cars and gas cards, you know, and good food. So I did that. I got the opportunity. I did it. And I thought big pharma was helping people at that time still until I woke up until I woke up and um, we were selling an oral antiplatelet drug that cost $350 when there was a generic, this drug that they were selling was only 1% better than the generic. Okay. Okay. And it cost three fifty, while the generic cost $5. Wow. And they were marketing it to old people and they had this marketing campaign where they got the nurses People love to scapegoat nurses, okay? We're the biggest scapegoats. They love to use this for marketing. And the the nurses aren't the marketers. It's these 
other people. They're like, oh, yeah, everybody loves nurses because they trust a nurse, you know, and they're so nice and empathic. Right. So they had these little videos that we would show to people to to sell this drug. And it was a nurse and an old man. And the old man's name was Joe. Okay, my father's name is Joe. Okay. And my father, <laughs> like, let's look at the trigger. Okay. Let's look at the trauma that got unleashed when I had this job. All right. It was massive. Uh, and my father years ago, when I was 18, uh, had, um, like a double bypass surgery, right. Out of nowhere. Okay. okay. And, um, so we went to the cosmopolitan hotel for a, um, I don't know what you want to call it. It was just the, one of the meetings. So they used to have these meetings, you know, kind of like Scientology. They would bring everybody together. It's uh, pharma is very much like Scientology. They're one in the same, you know, wow, so they, they, they bring everybody together. And we were at the Cosmopolitan. I had an amazing suite overlooking the Bellagio. And so they had like an Elvis impersonator. They had these guys from uh, London come because it's a London based company, right? Um, and they were like, everybody loved them. They were like rock stars, but they were drunk all the time. They were like totally drunk mm-hmm. and weird. And so, but they were like these top dogs. The right. CEO of Astra has been married um, six times. And I was looking up his, he's very interesting to look up his background. He was going to be a vet, didn't go to vet school, but um, started to make. Um, drugs, right? Or started to make drugs, started to work for uh, drug companies as a CEO. Anyways, what else happened? Oh, so they have this stage show, this production, right? Of an old man and his wife walking in the park. And this was a huge production. They had like a 30 piece orchestra. Okay. They had dancing people. They had the lights. It was like crazy. They're working hard to entertain you guys. Wow. It was, but the lighting was the key because you know how the lights do the subliminal thing and get you to uh, go. Cause I remember it changes your mood, you know, the dim candle lit lighting, you know, puts you into a lower brainwave state, makes you more suggestible, you know, make it bright again, you know, shock you, get you more awake, you don't know where you play with that. It's yeah. Oh, and oh, yeah. that's what was going on. And all of a sudden this man is on stage. And like I told you, his name was Joe. They still kept him Joe in this stage production. Like our okay. little videos, his name was Joe. My father's name is Joe, right? Yeah. And so he's there having a heart attack. And, and so all of a sudden there's this stage production. And then there's these dancing surgeons that come in. I kid you not. Dancing surgeons, wow. dancing nurses, dancing reps. And they're all doing these ballet things. And I was just like, wow. And I just start having a panic attack. (laughs) I was like, I had just started and I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it was weird. It was like you felt like something was going wrong. Like, was it weird or? No, I was just like, I started having a panic attack, first of all, because I was triggered because of the Joe and it was triggering this memory and this trauma that I had of my father. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but then it was like, we're selling a drug. Why do we have to see a ballet stage show with a 30 piece orchestra? I don't get it about a a man having a heart attack. It was the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, It's wild. It's wild. It's just so absurd, you know? 
And so I remember walking outside. It's because they have to trance these people out. They have to hypnotize exactly. them. And that's oh, yeah. what was going on. So I walked out. My boss walks out with me and he tells me to get back inside. I'm like, dude, I'm having a fucking panic attack. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's not a nurse. You know, he's just get a back inside guy. the cult quick. Yeah. Get back inside the cult. You know, drink the Kool-Aid, which at one of the events wow. that we went to, they shut down another one. Yeah, it was in Florida. So they shut down one of the Universal Studios in Orlando for us. Right. Okay, and it was yeah. during Mardi Gras. They got Harry Connick Jr. came and performed for us with his orchestra. Wow. Jeez. Food was there, entertainment, you know. Yeah. The two guys from London were drunk again. Um, there was everything play. and everything just to trance everybody out to oh get to stay on track with the whole belief of what they're doing. Yep. Wow. Yep. And there was so even Kool-Aid. There was even Kool-Aid. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, there was purple <laughs> punch, like it had alcohol on it. I just started Ooh. racking up. I was like, are you kidding me? Because we kept joking about it. We're like, oh, because the nurses were the ones who were so resistant and would fight back, would try to be like, this is unethical, you know, but then the the salespeople, they get it. This is their livelihood. You know, yeah. they get the gig. They love it. And they believe it. They believe it. They totally they believe that they're doing a good, they believe that they're helping people and they're saving lives. They would say that all the time. This is the mantra that they, I mean, you get enough people to go through that kind of system. Just like if I can get enough people to come up on stage, I mean, you're going to get people who will fall for it. They're going to be tranced out. Yeah, they were. So, and that was the thing I could never understand with these people is like, what's wrong with them? Cause they look like zombies. You know, and I hated being with them. I had to go mm. to dinner. I had to go to lunches and dinners with them. Like I had to be with them a lot. I was the nurse consultant, so I could do my own thing. But then I had to be with them. And, and they were like, you got to work as a team. You got to work as a team. And they would be backstabbing me because all the nurses loved me. You know, I was in charge of educating the nurses and um, the pharmacists because I would bring them food. You know, I'd be like, hey, what do you guys want for lunch today? I had about a $5,000 oh. lunch budget. A month like per day or per a month, month a month yep. yeah so wow. i could get them basically good way to make some friends oh yeah oh yeah i made a ton of friends and and the good thing was i was promoting my storytelling show at the hollywood fringe festival at the time so <laughs> nice <laughs> so i kind of just rode off of that a little bit i was like come to my show you know <laughs> oh yeah definitely. nice <laughs> um you know but they were cool so the the sales reps were like oh, well, they like you more, you know, it's kind of getting into the high school thing, you know, it, it yeah. was a little bit weird, but um, very, very creepy times. Um, and, and I just was like, weird, you know, um, an interesting time wow. in my life. Like I, I, I just, have you shared that story before on here? Um, a little bit. I've shared pieces of it, um, but yeah. I am writing it in my book. So I am working yeah, on it. That's a, book. a good story and, to write. And so it oh is a really, really good story. But the interesting thing that I wanted to point out about Astra, because, you know, they had, they were one of the ones that had a vax in the beginning and their right. vax was also causing blood clots. And I believe it was, uh, uh I, I think, in the brain so they were there's i'm not exactly sure but theirs did create blood clots but what was the drug that we were selling an oral antiplatelet drug right to break those clots mm. along with it 
or like no this was years ago this was okay. back in 2014 that we were selling this drug you know but it's still out there they rebranded it because they found out that old people uh couldn't afford it and the medical wouldn't pay for it so they went ahead and rebranded it and they got a much younger person who i know this person and i know people who have worked with this person and he is an, an athlete and he's a, a celebrity and he had a heart attack allegedly uh one day after working out allegedly mm. you know <laughs> and he said it was yeah he said it was because uh it was familial allegedly you know <laughs> but allegedly i've heard different which is very interesting how they're now trying to they shifted that because the drug wasn't selling very well so they had to be like okay, yeah, people in their 50s want to live longer, but people who are in their like 70, you know, late 60s going on, they really don't care anymore. Like, they're like, yeah, I'm kind of good. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. but if you're 55 and you have a heart attack, well, yeah, you want to buy more time. So you're going to spend more money on that drug, right? Mm, right. So that was the whole thinking on that, which is very, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, they're corporations, right? I'm, I'm actually in production of another video right now where I do the research to show these companies are publicly traded, they're corporations, which means they're legally obligated to create profits above everything else. And it's a huge conflict of interest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? So true. So I want to segue a little bit and, and talk about hypnosis and the Effects it has on people. And I think I mentioned a couple of topics like we've had since we're going into Halloween, kind of a pre Halloween, uh, we've had uh, several <clears throat> authors on talking about nurse serial killers. And I actually worked with a serial killer who was a respiratory therapist. Um, and he was killing patients in the hospital. And this was my first nursing job um, wow. several years ago at Glendale Adventist. It's it's all over. The, if you do your so research. So they were um, murdering people kind of on the job yep. where you couldn't really tell and it's yep. easy to hide it kind of thing. Yes. Yes. Wow. So my whole thing with this is because I remember working with this certain individual and he was just odd. And I would tell people he's a little weird you know, right. But he was yeah. very nice, you know, and, uh, in these other nurses, uh, that we talked about on the show who one killed over 400 people in nine years and they kept sweeping Jeez. them up under the rug. And the other one, I think she killed over 50, uh, quite a few and, and people had seen her commit this crime. But one of the things was these people are so nice. So why are sociopaths so nice? And how can they trick people? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if this is really my area here. <laughs> <laughs> do your I've, best, I've, do your best. You know, um, I mean, they're, they're, they're being manipulative, right? They're playing the game, just like the news does. That's what, that's what I would think. Right? right. So can we talk a little bit about the mass hypnosis that's going on that yeah, the absolutely. media does? Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, because I caught on to it day one and I got Jason Tetro on the show and he's known as the germ guy. He's from Canada. And immediately, like, I was like, oh, here we go. It's going to start. And I had seen Sanjay Gupta 
on CNN talking about it. Oh no, could this be the one, you know? And, um, and, and the interesting thing about Sanjay Gupta is he's on that movie Contagion also playing himself. Yeah. <laughs> Watch the movie. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's that. very bizarre. It's very wow. bizarre. So oh, I knew cool. I was just like, Oh God, what are we, what's gonna, what is going on? It's so absurd, you know? Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the news is a crucial part. Um, but really I think it, it begins with schooling. You know, when, when I think about, you know, how do you hypnotize a person? How do you hypnotize a nation? How do you get them to just do what you tell them to, right? We, ha we have this, uh, this, this kind of graph here that us hypnotists use. We have the conscious mind, subconscious mind, which is really the majority of it. The conscious mind is really very, very, very small percentage, but I have to make enough space to write the letters. And then you have the critical factor, which is the gateway into the subconscious, which is your reasoning, right? You're not going to believe something until you actually do some reasoning with it, hopefully. I mean, <laughs> we're not seeing much of that happening on with a lot of people today, but so the process of hypnosis, the process of persuasion, the process of getting someone to believe something and just do what you're being told, you get information that goes through the critical factor, right? And so if I want to hypnotize an entire country or in a world, I would be working on making sure that <clears throat> most people have a weak critical factor. So you can just bust right through it. Easy, right? And that's where, where uh, public school comes into play. Where in your developing years, when your brain is growing, we get you to regurgitate information without thinking about it. We get you to do what you're being told without thinking about it. Threats, coercion, uh, embarrassment, right? Detention, all this stuff. And so by the time you're 18, you get out. You know, you're you're kind of ready to just go to work and do what you're being told and keep listening to your doctor's orders and, you know, do what the lawyer says, do what the TV says, do what the police say. And people just fall into line because, you know, they don't want to create a disruption. They don't want to they want they don't want pain. They don't they don't want to be embarrassed by their friends, neighbors and family. Right. And so then you turn on the news. It's all that's part of the system right they have the same kind of voice every time the same kind of tonality that we all hear all the newscasters have and with their their emotional manipulation that they use right at the beginning of the pandemic we saw these images of people fainting in the streets right in china yeah yeah exactly that was probably one of the first scary images i remember anyhow right right um I don't know about you guys, but I haven't seen that anywhere. I've been out to a lot of places. Uh, you know, I think a lot of us have. I've not seen that happening anywhere. Um, and so they use images, scary images, to get you into a fearful state, right? And fear or any emotional state is an unconscious reaction, okay? So if I can get you to feel something, I'm actually opening up your critical factor. Right. And if you have a weak critical factor, you're going to be easy to manipulate. And so this whole process of getting into your subconscious mind and every time a very uh, persuasive news segment is put together. 
right? All that information just goes directly into the subconscious mind. And you have so many shows that people watch over this whole past year and really for most of their lives that they have pillars of belief in their subconscious mind that holds up a concept that they repeat over and over and over again. And so it's, it's really hard to get through that structure that has such strength holding it up. And so you got people who just regurgitate all the same answers reliably every time. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and meet you on that. So um, I have this book. It's called Brand Aid. It's by a guy named Brand Von Aachen. Okay. okay. And um, there, there's a, a really interesting part on it uh, where fear motivates. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, unfortunately, fear is still the primary motivator among humans. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll send you this whole page. Like I'll, nice. I'll, I'll go ahead and copy it and send it over to you. Um, you. I'm going to read a little bit of it. Um, yeah, please do. I could get metaphysical at this point and say that the solution is non-judgment and non-attachment and transcending the sense of self of self and feeling connected to everyone and everything and being loving in all that you do. I guess I did just say that. However, my point is until people wake up to a new way of seeing the world, fear is the primary motivator on which many a successful marketing campaign has been built. Just observe successful salespeople, ministers, politicians, lobbyists, or advertising campaigns. The importance of fear as a motivator will become crystal clear. Okay. Um, and so what underlies the ability, this ability to appeal to people through their fears and insecurities at a deep emotional level? People do not feel completely at ease in their own skins or in this world of ours. They feel insignificant, inferior, unlovable, inconsequential. It all relates to their self-esteem and their belief in the benevolence or cruelty or indifference of the universe. Does my life have any meaning at all? Uh, do I matter? Does anyone really care about me? It also relates to the notion of judgment. Will I be judged to be worthy or not? Am I a good person or a bad person? Do I deserve to be loved? Loved? Do I deserve anything good in my life? And that is what, <laughs> mm. this isn't a marketing book. This isn't a branding and marketing book. Okay? Branding and marketing. Yep. Branding and marketing book. There you go. Okay. Yep. Okay, on how yeah. to market and brand products so that people will buy them. And they have a whole chapter on fear. Mm, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's a big deal. As a motivator, um, you know? Yeah, I heard how uh, I think Canada tried having a positive news channel and it didn't last more than like two or three days because it didn't captivate attention. Right. People are kind of addicted to it. You know, they something's going wrong. You know, so if a fight breaks out, if a fire is happening, you know, it, it develops all the attention of everybody. High speed chase. Yeah. Right. You know, and now for some reason, uh, there's a huge audience of uh, females that watch criminal shows or mm -hmm. like right. a crime, like some murderer shows and murder mysteries i mean snl did a parody on it i'm just like why i i don't yeah. get it like what's the draw and i've even heard people saying that oh i gotta watch my murder show i gotta watch and i'm just like that's weird like yeah, it really is. 
why is that so addicting? Yeah. It's very creepy. Yeah. I think, I think it's a, it's a survival thing. You know, if something's going wrong in the community, we all want to give it attention to, to help figure it out. But, you know, we're just being manipulated. Right. right? You're, they're turning on your fight or flight. You yeah. Know? Which and, is a way to induce a hypnotic state. Right. right? That's, that's how like the, the snap inductions, you know, sleep, right. And they drop <laughs> that, that, that is inducing a fight or flight response. Right. Just like a, just like fear. Is that what that does when they go sleep that, that induces a fight or flight? It does. Yeah. It over, it's an overload mechanism, right? That, which is why you're snapping. You say it, you know, say it loudly and clearly, uh, you, you, you know, and tug on their arm, push on their shoulder a little bit. And it's that moment of shock sleep. And when you're ready to listen, you just follow it. Right. So you overload it. So there's no, there's no other thinking going on when you're, you know, overloaded like that. So that's, that's why it works so great. And wow. and the fear puts you into a long-term state of that. Wow. That's so and then And then everything that's being said after the fear is induced is just going straight in. To the subconscious. In, yep. Right. Downloading and we can see it, it, you know, people, people can't really rationalize why they believe about these things that they're telling them. Right. They just, it's just implanted. And it's just like, when I have a person that's hypnotized on stage and I try to talk to them like, so what does hypnosis feel like? And they're like, what are you talking about? How You've been up here for 45 minutes doing all this crazy stuff. What's it feel like? I've only been up here for a couple of minutes. You know, they, they can't even, they can't even reason it. You know, there's no, no time. There's no time. They lose that time and space continuum, right? Yeah. It's yeah. because they're in, in that subconscious space in their mind. Yeah. That yeah, so so the normal person, it, they just can't understand. I mean, they, everybody needs like real therapy to get back, you know, be unplugged for a little while and start to realize things, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's it's really important that they keep having their fix to keep yeah. it sustained, just like you needed to you just stay in the room, but you broke free and like realized what was going on finally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I couldn't be, I was having a panic attack. Like I could not be in there. You know, I was being triggered. Uh, the lights were triggering me. The whole Joe thing was triggering me. I mean, I just, I, I, you know, just being in that, it, it, I couldn't understand what we were doing there, you know? And I so if you asking, didn't have that trigger, you may have, you may have still kept going with it. Do you think? I, I don't know. Probably. I think yeah. so. I, I think it was that trigger because it was, like I said, it, it's really traumatizing when you get a phone call from a surgeon because I had to speak to the surgeon. Okay. So that's where the trauma in lies. And I couldn't understand. My dad was perfectly healthy. He was just going in for a stress test, you know, and, and he was fine. He never complained about chest pain, nothing. They're like, oh yeah, we need to do emergency surgery on him right now. Cause he has blocked arteries. And my dad just went along with it. And many years, like he was so pissed. And for years, my father kept telling me this story and he kept saying that wow. it was not true and that he was just, so they probably number. just wanted to buy his heart maybe. 
Yeah. Well, he was just a patient, you know, because they have quotas, you know, these interventional cardiologists do have quotas because then I read a couple of articles where doctors were doing this and they got, they got in trouble. You know, they went to prison. I think one went to prison. I read an article many years ago. I asked one of my good friends who is an anesthesiologist. I used to work with a bunch of surgeons and anesthesiologists. So uh, I asked one uh, who wh- I was very close with and I said, listen, and she's into storytelling um, and, and we um, she's actually been on this show. I mean, we're in line with a lot of our thinking. And I said, you know, my dad keeps telling me this story. Um, what do you think? And she said, I think he's right. She's like, I've seen this happen before. She's like, doctors have quotas. You know, I, I had a friend who was so crazy. I had a, a friend who was a, a cardiac intervention, whatever. Um, and he w- had to see 300, he had to do 300 procedures a year. That Bottom was his quota. Line. That was his Jeez. quota. So he had oh to God. find 300 patients. Oh, let me see your arteries. chart. Oh, let me see if I can finagle this a little. Yeah, you can yeah. work out. So for years, crazy. So my father just kept, you know, it was it was weird. It was this anger that he had inside of him. So when 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 she told me the story, I went to him and I go, tell me the story again of what happened, you know. And so he told me and then I told him, I go, you are correct. I go, you're right. As soon as I did that, his trauma went away. Wow. He stopped telling that story. He'll tell it every once in a while because he told me the other day. Um, cause this is through Kaiser where it happened and he still has Kaiser and he's like, I really like my doctor. He actually listened to me, you know? Mm, and, right. uh, and I had this conversation, you know, he goes, and I told him the story and I was like, Oh really? What did he say about that? And he goes, well, he agreed with me. You know, he, he was like, yeah, that probably could happen. That's unfortunate. You know, because mm. my dad is 87 years old. He defied all the odds. Cause they also said Wait, that, oh. oh, he won't, they told us that he wouldn't live that long. They're like, oh he's probably going to need another one in another five to 10 years. Hmm. Does that induce any fear? Right. (laughs) To help make a decision real quick. Right. 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 And to keep you going and to make you, Oh yes, I'm sick. Yeah. I got, I got to go get this done again. You know, how many procedures and and things are they doing in that method? Right. A lot. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and who knows? I, I mean, um, like my dad wanted to go get a bilateral knee transplant. And I told him, I go, well, we'll talk to several doctors and see what they said. And, he, <laughs> and so he did talk to one and they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. And then he came back and he goes, OK, well, I'm convinced. Because <laughs> they, they, they showed him what was going to happen. And he's like, no, I think I'm fine. And I go, yeah, yeah, I think you're fine. We're good you know, so, (laughs) but it, but it's really, really interesting. You know, I even tell people who come to me, you could go get another consult, you know, please go see two, four people, five people, you know, and see what everybody is saying and what the consensus is and do your own research. Who's had real success. Can I find someone like that? I don't know. Let's, let's look for it. Right. You know, instead of just going to one person, oh, oh, yes, my doctor knows. Well, my doctor, he knows. He understands. He knows. Doctor's orders. Doctor's orders. Yeah. Why are you giving, why are you giving your life away to this person? You don't even, they don't even care about you. Yeah. They don't. I know. You're there for that time. And, you know, you're just like, okay, do whatever you want, you know? (laughs) 
it's your, it's basically your life, you know, yeah. it's just like, so interesting. So is there well, thank you for spreading else? this word, you know, and getting that out there because this is so important and a lot of people don't understand it. Oh, yeah. I sit down and I really try to talk to my patients as much as possible as much and, and depending on how open they are, you know, um, and, and some people are thankful, but some people are very shut down. Some people, even yeah. with kids are still stuck in their own traumas when they were children. You know, I remember when I was in school, I was in the, the stupid people row. I got, I got put in and it was Catholic school, right. In second grade mm. and it didn't go out for recess. Nothing always got really? held back. Yeah. Um, because I had dyslexia. So, uh, the teacher would work with me in the class and I didn't get to see my friends had to be inside, you know, which is a reversal of energy polarity running through the body, by the way. So explain that. Uh, one one way to help correct it when you're in a dyslexic moment, you can tap on the side of your hand, which is connected huh. to the lower intestine, which corrects the flow of energy through the whole body. That's interesting. So which yeah, just a couple, it doesn't matter which hand? Uh, no, 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 no hand. Uh, don't doesn't matter which hand. It's it's specifically the point is where like this crease is right at the end. Uh -huh. You just take three pinky, or four fingers below your pinky finger. Yeah, below your pinky finger, just like ten times or so. I can try that. feel that. That's why. Try that next time you have a moment, you know, where you're saying words backwards or whatever, and you know, do it again, and it helps correct it. Yeah, sometimes it's subtle now. I, I could still kind of see it, you know, because in in some of my freelance writing gigs, so I have to really read a, a few times, uh, and and just really be on guard. But sometimes I do see it. it very very rare though now but my nice. brother was also dyslexic but i can see that energy blockage you know I mean, yeah well i mean we're all brought up with all this these foods that are you know borderline toxic and you know it, it really creates such a stressor on the body in so many ways you know and through the energy meridian system which you know western science doesn't really talk about at all which is a really major major key in health you know yeah which is connected to the mind really yeah, because what is emotions connected. is energy in motion, and that's literally the energy meridian system. We think with the whole entire body. We think with the with the organs, right? You you get scared, you get butterflies, right? You think with your heart, you feel warm or it hurts, right? right? When we when we're hurt, you know, you know, uh, a lot of guys like to think with their genitals and stuff like that. You know, we think with our <laughs> organs, right? And and the 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 biggest thing that we can do to control our emotions is a tapping technique, because it's all connected to those points. Huge key. That's changed my life. Right, right. Easier than hypnosis and doing some kind of weird meditation. Yeah, because you can just go there. You're like, wait a minute, something's coming up. Where do I feel it, feel it in my body? And you could immediately start tapping. I've never been able to do that. Um, I just know specific uh, algorithms and patterns for different emotions. And there's there's one you can do that's pretty much you can try on everything. And uh, yeah, it's enabled me to when i go through if i go through breakups i don't feel extremely bad anymore you know so so talk about that what do you do when you go through a breakup then and and you're feeling pain and you're you're you know feeling triggered or something's coming up yeah i mean any kind of emotion like that anger frustration grief sadness depression whatever it is this is one of the big things i teach is the the 
the tapping technique, which is uh, some people call it EFT, which I don't really prescribe the whole thing of what they do. Um, but it's a whole succession of tapping on different points um, through the body. It, it's a whole training, really. Um, I made a video on it. You can find it on my YouTube, um, how to destroy any negative emotion, have it never come back again. You just do this process many times. I mean, we all have thousands of triggers, right? Emotionally, different situations, blockages in the body, in the, in the energy meridian system, which is, again, it's the mind. We all think we use the brain, but it's all connected. Yeah, it's right? all connected. You get goosebumps when something happens. That's not in the brain, right? It's a whole body experience. And so the tapping technique, it's just one of the best things to look into. Super cool. Anything yeah. you'd like to add? So now that, well, I'll bring this to a wrap up. You know, when we, when we were talking before the show, um, you know, we're talking about serendipity, serendipitous experiences, right? Serendipity yes. and synchronicity and using your mind to create reality. And, um, you know, that's where we started. And um, that's usually where I end as the solution right you know all this crazy stuff going on guess what everything is made of energy yeah. atoms molecules right all those my tiny small particles that's really just structures of energy and guess what we transmit and receive frequencies out of our brains and our heart it's, it's scientifically documented dr emoto right the water and rice experiment Right? That's right. I wanted you to talk about that. Exactly. Right. It's, it's such an amazing experiment because you can do it in your kitchen. And you all you do is you take three jars. You put rice in three jars. You put water in the three jars. You just get water and rice just like you're soaking it or something. Right. Nothing's different except we're just going to treat them different emotionally. One of them we're going to use the, as the control. We're just going to ignore and put on the side. One, we're going to pick up and say, Rice, I love you so much. I love you so much. You're going to be such a great dinner tonight. I love you, right? You just, <laughs> just what, however you love your rice, you send love to your rice, right? And you take it, you take the second, uh, the, the third one, I guess, and you send hate to it, right? I hate you. I hate you. Ah, right. Um, you can get really practiced at it, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> right? I'm not going to actually right. send hate right now, but you could imagine sending hate to, to the rice, right? What happens after a couple few weeks? The one you send hate to grows the most mold. Wow. The one you send love to, if you, if you really do it right, it doesn't grow any mold. And the one you use as a control grows a little bit of mold. There's nothing else that was different except how you treated it emotionally, right? Nothing so powerful. came out or went into the jar except what we transmitted as a frequency. Just like if you were to pump the bass in your stereo, it's going to vibrate all the water molecules, you know, in your house a little bit or something, right? Right. It'll go through the jar. The vibrations go through everything. And so... We have this most advanced technology in our body, and it's the emotions, right? Yes. And if when, when we actually have control of them, you can actually create 
incredibly perfect synchronistic experiences all the time. Oh, yeah. And that's what I experienced because I've been mastering my mind and my emotions for so long. And I, I know all the processes. I've learned all these tapping yes. weird techniques or whatever they are to make it work so people can do it really quick. And you literally can have everything shift so fast. It's it's like it's I love the example of using the vibration plate. I mean, you guys have ever yeah, seen yeah. when you pour sand on the plate with the speaker underneath and you, you and it turns into some weird snowflake design or whatever, right? You turn it to a different one, it all every frequency has like this different design, right? And so that's that's the science of vibration right there in front of your, in front of our faces, right? <clears throat> and then we transmit a frequency. Everything is energy, just small particles. And guess what? All the particles are really just the circumstances, situations, people, events, and things in our lives that actually form to the structure that we hold on a regular basis. A lot of people don't believe in this stuff or it's hard to because they don't see the results. Right. But were you able to not feel bad for a very extended period of time? Right. Or feel really good about something for a long time. That's the biggest challenge. So it's not like your law of attraction is not law of attraction. It's like saying the law of gravity is walking. There's no, you don't think about law of gravity when you're walking. You just, okay, I'm going to put my shoes on and walk outside. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to be grateful for everything. It, it's true. It's true. I, the, the past week I was just having so, so many synchronicities, you know, I was watching your YouTube and I was reading um, the book uh, synchronicity, the bridge between matter and mind, which is phenomenal. And, and it really, I think this is the best book that I've read that explains serendipities and, and our synchronicities and how they happen in the mind. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Mm. So I was just having them back to back to back to back to back to back. And I was just like, Whoa, you yeah. know, which, which just really, really proved that we're living in a game, you know, yeah. and, and, it, and it's awesome. And I made um, several TikTok videos about them and stuff. And it's <laughs> cool. just because I'm really living in my heart. I mean, of course, yeah, our egos are good in certain circumstances, but really you just want to live in that space where you're like, wow, it's pretty amazing today, you know, and exactly. um the quantum physics book that I'm reading uh, about quantum jumping, the physicist explains like when you wake up in the morning, you should say, how good can it get today? You know, mm -hmm. how know. good can it get and stuff? And so you're starting it on a very positive timeline. Right. A know? very creative, open question that kind of just like puts the possibilities out there. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. you just see this amazing shit happen. I mean, I did that today and yeah, my key fell in the pool when I went to go do lap swim, but I immediately jumped in, grabbed it out and I got the key and I was like, I know this key is still going to work when I go to my car. And sure enough, it did. So <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> you know, and if it doesn't, I have the little secret key on the side that I can pull out and still get everything going. So right. it was all good. It didn't matter. Yeah. So. There's, there's quite an art to living this lifestyle because it can be so basic as to, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to feel good and create good vibrations, 
But at the same time, it's like, how, how do you navigate through life when there are challenges and stuff does happen and someone does screw you over and you do lose something you that's important to you? And, you know, all, all these things happen. But when we know this fact, like as a matter of fact, that I'm, we're transmitting a frequency, it's affecting all yes. reality, it's lining everything up. You know, maybe we've had a couple synchronistic experiences, so we know it's a thing, but how do we really make this stuff work? Right. Well, if if you know that for a fact and you have real faith and something bad happens, you really have faith. You really know it. You'll never really feel bad because you know it's just leading you to where you want to get to. And these little bumps along the way are actually the the things that are bringing you exactly to the person you need to see or the thing that you needed to learn about right i love the story you were sharing before we got on and how you were saying how um you're focusing on manifesting money right oh yes yes and then yes. you have uh it, please, it please share the story it's so good um yeah so uh basically <laughs> and how All it right. gave you the perfect thing you didn't realize Right, right. Right. So, um, yeah, so I work as a nurse practitioner in clinic and I, I finally said, you know, uh, I'm trying to get more advertisers on the show and I go, you know what? I had to stop and say, what is it that I really want? You know? And I go, well, I want to be more of a CEO, but one day I just wanted to manifest money. So I just was listening to, um, a, uh, a manifesting money mantra on my walk. Right. Okay. And literally within a few minutes of listening to that, my clinic calls and gives me my schedule and I'm working all these days and I'm like, wow, that's awesome. So because I'm not resistant to that, do you see what I'm saying? That's expectant for me to work. Yeah, that, like, exactly, that's yeah. easy for me to manifest. Right. But my big thing that we talked about, uh, was a bit of a challenge you know? Yeah. And so it wasn't coming through and I go, okay, that's great. And so I had to really, so I'm, I'm in my head because I study this stuff, you know, on a daily basis yeah, that's on what it how takes. it works. And that's what it takes. It takes a lot of work to really understand and study it. And it's a yeah, lot of your brain and think yeah. differently. It's the hardest thing ever, it's but the hardest it's harder when you don't ever. study. Right. It's harder when you don't study. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, this other thing wasn't coming through, you know, and, and I was like, you know, mm -hmm. This clinic thing is great, but I really want this other thing, you know? And as soon as I said that, okay, because, um, well, well, here's the thing. I also was thinking like a CEO this morning. That was another thing. Because I go, okay, I got to. Which, which is a specific vibration. Yeah, it's a specific vibration. So I go, you know, I got to jump in that timeline. I got to be the CEO again. So I used to do this all the time before and things, yeah. doors were opening, you know, uh, into that path. But all of a sudden they stopped opening and I was like, what happened? So I had to really, I was like, oh, well, that's right. I was thinking like a CEO before, you know, I was dressing like a CEO, you know, and, and mm -hmm. like I told you, like I, I went first oh, yeah. one today you know, and, and then I went to go get my hair done. Um, and I was like, yeah, CEOs get there. And all the time I was like, I'm CEO and I got a, I got a, you know, business meeting today, or I got a podcast to do. And even the girl doing my hair, she's like, well, what are you doing today? I go, well, I have classes to put together. I literally sounded like an entrepreneur CEO talking yeah. to her. I jumped wow. this timeline. So powerful. So, so then I come home 
and I'm getting ready for the podcast. I made myself a smoothie and I get a text message from my office and she cancels all my days. And I'm only working like five days this month so far. Right. And which initially is kind of like a bad thing. Right. 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 And, and at first, I've, of course, I was like angry and I was like, what? What? And I go oh, and I go, nah, nah, you know, nah. and I had to really it was hard, you know, but, and, you and did I, it. but I did it. And I had to say, you know what? She has no control over anything. Like I could call my director and get some, and I could, you know, and I could. And of course, you get into ego mode. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Right. I'm a CEO. Mm-hmm. What is it that I really want? And, and no sooner did I say that, I go, let me check my email. And boom, the big people were there. You yeah. know, they had my, they, you know, after uh, negotiating for a week, you know, they're like, you know, again, back in, you know, we're, we're back in talks and stuff and everything. And I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I really like what you did. You, you, you changed, you enhanced your self-image. Yes. Made you feel the role. That's right. such an important element. Right. And it's not like, you know, because I think being a CEO has such a negative vibe. You know, I, I was actually giving this girl tips. You know, she, she's a young girl. She's 22 years old. She's in college. Um, I forget. I think she was studying criminal justice or something like that. And I was like, do you want to be a cop? She's like, no. I go, do you want to be a lawyer? She's like, no. I go, well, you could do be a forensic psychologist. And she's oh, that kind of sounds okay. Like she was just kind of wishy-washy. Like she doesn't know what she wants to do. And I told her, I go, you know what? Those murder shows. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I like those murder shows. I'm going to go into criminal, you know, forensics or whatever, you know? And, um, and and I told her, you're 22. You can explore, you know, it's like, you can do whatever you want. There's so many opportunities these days, you know, I go, just have fun and enjoy what you're doing and stuff. And, and I, and I'm empowering her. She's like, you're right. You're yeah. right. You know? Yeah. And, and, and so, and, and that's the vibration that you want to be in, you know, and, and, it, and it's like an energy exchange of sorts. It's just like when you give someone a high five, that's an energy exchange. Like mm-hmm. when kids used to come to the clinic and we used to be able to high five, they would get so excited. You're like high five and their mood would change. <laughs> Boom like that, like they're kind of crying. You're like, give me a high five. They're like, you know, (laughs) and it's, it's kind of the same thing. So you want to keep that vibe going. Cause even with her, like her whole demeanor changed. Cause she's like, oh shit, I'm in school and I'm studying this and I kind of don't like it, but I'm not sure. But, but why do I have to decide at 22 what I'm going to do forever? And I told her I've done, um, you know, a lot of stuff in my whole career I've changed all you know and yes there were a lot of naysayers going what are you doing I don't understand why can't you just do one thing really that's so boring I mean we're here Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're humans we're on planet earth how amazing there's so many opportunities why would I only want to do one thing forever until I'm a hundred that is so boring you know (laughs) we can do anything Right. You get out of the the box with it within reason, you know, within you technically can do anything. There are consequences, anything we want, anything you want, because then you have the energy, right? right? Because you have the desire. You have the desire. And I think that's the key right there. Yeah. You got to have the energy to to put it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, recently, uh, last couple of years, I decided I want to get into the music industry, which is pretty much an impossible thing. And, um, 
long story short, I get a random phone call to become best friends with the most prolific music composer of all time who basically knows everybody. And he's like my best friend now. Oh my God, that's amazing. I heard you tell that story on your YouTube channel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's literally anything you want. It's you know? literally what do you anything care about? You what do you love? Because you'll easily put all the focus and energy into it and it'll grow just like a good planted seed in, in fertile soil. Right. It's the same thing, right? A thought is an energy, right? right? And it can grow the more you has appreciation, right? It's really all that simple, right? Right. You just master those very, very simple concepts of feeling good and focusing on what you love and what you're grateful for. And if you can just master that. Oh, yeah. Like everything, everything changes. And just doing like a gratitude list every day. You know, I was dating someone. He was so powerful. He has his own business, was complaining every single day, you know, how busy he was and how stressed out he was. And that I was just like, who are you talking to? Number one, (laughs) he didn't even he wasn't even conscious of who he was talking to. Number two. Um, there's a bar across the street from where I live it has been shut down for over a year because of COVID. And, and that guy was just so nice, you know, and he, mm-hmm. he very young entrepreneur opened this bar and boom, he's uh, that's it for him. I don't know what happened. I have to call, figure out where he's at and just see what's up with him, you know? Um, it can but happen to I, good people. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's really just comes down to, can we control our emotions? Right. Right. And I told Cause him, everything can know, fall apart. Cause we have the times where, you know, you're losing a relationship, you're losing a business and you go, Oh, and you're grasping and you're in fear and it go, pulls you into a negative spiral yeah. and everything just goes away and is collapsed and is destroyed. Right. 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 But, but being conscious and just kind of looking around you and you're like in this moment, I'm okay. I have a roof. This is what I told yeah, him. I go, you've got to do a gratitude list of at least three to five things that you're grateful for, you know? And yeah. I go, cause I told him, I go, let's say you have a, a, an amazing home. You built this business, which is amazing. I go, you have an amazing son. You, you have your health. You're not sitting in the hospital and, uh, you know, on a ventilator. Right. And he's like, <laughs> Oh yeah. And they go, you forget who you complain to, right? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he's so like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Who are we complaining to? I mean, I think there's no difference between praying and feeling and thinking. It's true. Right. It's the same right. thing. Right. So right. you're complaining out loud. It's just, you. it's, it's the frequency transmission, pulling those things and pushing and putting them into place. So true. Well, this has been super fun, Michael. Anything else you'd like yeah. to add? And I'm going to go ahead and add your links uh, to your YouTube channel where Great. people Thank can you. get a hold yeah. of you uh, just in case. Yeah, I've, I've been recently, I put to, I've been putting together free trainings on YouTube. They're about... Um, about an hour long of peace and giving you real life examples of great manifestations I've had and how you can do them too, because I can explain them, I think, in a very simple and easy way to understand. So you yeah. can get started and actually like make progress because if you're not using this technology in some kind of way that's working, you really are at a loss of an advantage and you're just trying to put up with your own resistance because 
that's how reality is. And if you can understand reality in yourself, you know, it can really just shift everything. So I highly encourage you to follow me on YouTube. Find me, Michael Grady, or link in the description here. And um, definitely give this video a like, right? <laughs> yeah. For for us spending yeah, our time YouTube, here and hanging yes, out with yes, you guys. Yes, yes, and, yes. Um, it's been an awesome pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Super fun. Thank you, Michael. And thank you, nurses and hypochondriacs. Until next time. Thanks for listening to our Nurses and Hypochondriacs podcast. We love your support and we love our listeners. If you have some spare change, go ahead and throw some to us on our Venmo at Nurses and Hypocon. Also, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love that. And if you'd like to be a guest, go ahead and send us an email at nursesandhypochondriacs at gmail.com.